Hey everybody, welcome to House on Fire, an Austin Oaks Church parenting podcast where we talk about all things parenting for every phase, our desires to help you raise the next generation of believers. So I'm Lucas Jackson, the student pastor here at Austin Oaks Church, and we have the lovely Amanda Larner. Oh, sorry. And, and I am the um, assistant to this, the student ministry assistant. You're the assistant to the assistant. I am the assistant to the assistant. We are both office fans, actually, by the way. so. No, I'm just the assistant. I'm. This is what I am. We should start this over. <laughs> no, this is fine. We're not starting this over. This is oh, great. No. So this is our first time to do a podcast. We're really, really excited. Can you tell? We're already experts. Amanda, just, we're already experts. We know what we're doing. So... Yeah, so uh, let's just tell our audience a little bit why we decided to call it House on Fire. So uh, we did a little poll with some of our staff and had mm-hmm. people, you know, kind of choose which one they thought was great. And the reason we liked House on Fire is because uh, parents and being a parent sometimes feels like a house is on fire. Absolutely. I've only been a parent for a year and I already feel like everything's on fire constantly. But Emmett is such a sweet little guy. He is. I'm so lucky with him. Yes, yes. And so, I mean, you know, obviously you and I both serve in student ministry and been doing that for a long time. And so we get to see the other aspect of students. And uh, sometimes from our perspective. It also feels like it's on fire. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So parenting is hard and difficult and joyous all at the same time. And uh, also very, very hard. And so, yeah. and the other spiritual aspect of kind of what we liked about like having the name house on fire is because I mean, in reality, we'd want our houses to be places where we're on fire for the Lord. And the fact that the spirit of God's working, we are following Jesus with everything that we have and we're seeking him in all things. And we're you know stoked about that. So it's kind of a, a, a dual aspect to the name. We want it to be a good on fire. Yes, yeah, exactly right. Not that's, a everything is dying that kind is of thing. A, yes, absolutely. So, hey, so you got some uh, fun things that you want to share with our audience here today. And um, you and I both kind of like statistics and obviously yeah. all things student ministry specifically, but parenting. And so let's uh, let's chat about some of that. Yeah, so um, I do really love statistics. It helps me put things into perspective. Um, and so I was looking up uh, Barna studies um, and they do a bunch of different studies over, um, you know, a lot of different things, but especially um, religion and Christianity and stuff like that. And so they looked at what builds resilient disciples. And um, there were a few different things that they asked a bunch of people who were either ex-Christians, um, unchurched, habitual churchgoers, or resilient disciples, which is, you know, people who are pretty involved in yeah. um, church. And the things that they saw stick out um, that were overwhelming in the resilient disciples would be um, that they feel like I am connected to a community of Christians. Um, I admire the faith of my parents. And Mm. when growing up, I had close personal friends who were adults from my church or faith community. And I think this is really important because it is, um, I think in youth ministry, we look at partnering with parents because, you know, we see students maybe 50 hours total for the year. So they show up every week. Yeah. And, you know, parents are there for the rest of their lives. Basically, they're, they don't see them, obviously, when, that, when they're at school, unless they homeschool. But um, parents are there for a majority of a student's life, and so they have the most influence. Um, but we also have a unique influence. We are adults who can also speak into their lives. So 
partnering with parents um, is incredibly important. And I think that's even why we want to do this podcast. We want to talk about what that looks like and how we can help parents and parents can even help us and we can work together to um, really just reach these students. Yeah. And it's fun for, I mean, one thing I love about, you know, influencing and impacting students and seeing students on a consistent basis is the fact that, I mean, I'm not their dad. So I I mean, my concern is primarily their spiritual health and their walk with the Lord, but I don't have to like, I don't have to discipline them and like they don't come home with me, which, you know, it's fine if they did, but there's, we, so it gives us a unique experience and a unique perspective of it. Um, and so, and, and I'm intrigued, you know, just looking at the Barna research about how the need for community and the need for students to have just godly people in their lives is such a necessity. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I think both of us can even test like, um, what is the word I'm looking for? We can both attest to that. Yeah. Like we both had people in our lives growing up who were huge influences, who yeah. were other adults, um, other than our parents, um, who were teaching us how to, you know, be people. Yeah. And that's incredibly important. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And so um, we want to take just a moment here to take a look at a passage in Malachi. Um, and and I'll just kind of paraphrase the passage here. But in Malachi chapter 2, um, and actually throughout the whole book here, there's like six opportunities where the Lord rebukes the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of sin being rampant. Actually, it's about 100 years after they come back from uh, slavery in Babylon and they kind of settle in and get comfortable. And, um, in chapter two, we see the Lord rebukes them and he really calls out the men. And part of that is because the priests at that particular the leadership of the church at that time was not following the Lord. They were doing things their own way, uh, out of personal preference versus out of honoring the Lord and worshiping him. And then in, uh, verse 10 in chapter two, um, the Lord gets real specific uh, with another issue that he has with them. And primarily it's their sin, but he, he calls out the men and the, the sin that they're committing. And so let me, let me read here verses 10 through 16. Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? In verse 11, Judah has been faithless, an abomination has been committed in Israel. And in Jerusalem, for Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of foreign gods. So here in verse 11, he talks about the fact that these guys are basically divorcing their wives and going after greener pastures, so to speak. In this particular context, it's (laughs) other women. Now, it doesn't say why. Mm -hmm. I don't know if like they were more attractive than their, their own wives. I don't know. Like, I don't know why. Um, it doesn't really specifically tell us, but, and then in verse 12, it says, may the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob, any descendants of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. Very direct, um, here. And then verse 13. And the second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning because he no longer regards the offering or accept it, accepts it with favor from your hand. So so they're going to church and they're crying out to God, God, will you please answer our prayers? We want to follow you and follow you. And the Lord's like, no, like your sin is hindering our relationship here at home and you're you're not seeing this. Mm-hmm. And so the people are like, but but God, like why, why do you not? Why do you not answer our prayers? And it says, because the Lord was witnessing between you, sorry, the Lord 
was witness between you and the wife of your youth. Like God's like, Hey, like I was there when you married your wife Yeah. to whom you have been faithless, which is like, man, to be faithless, to have God say that to you. Mm-hmm. Um, though she is not your companion, your wife by covenant, did he not make them one with a portion of the spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself and your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wives of your youth. Now here specifically, God's calling out the men. But the thing that I'm extremely intrigued by here is because he talks about like, and what's the one God seeking godly offspring. And so, um, and I was even just reading this morning in my quiet time and just studying the book of Malachi and, and in the commentary notes in my Bible, it said this. I thought it was just so good um, for us to be able to to hear this and to, I mean, really take this to heart. And it says, um, marriage, is, marriage is also, of course, the way holy seed is raised up, the next generation of faith, basically. Uh, marrying an unbeliever or divorcing your spouse without biblical grounds is therefore an assault on the Lord's plan of redemption. Yet while divorce under most circumstances is sin, it's not unforgivable. Like the grace of God is is sufficient. Our hope rests in God's faithfulness, which always trumps our unfaithfulness. Israel was on an unfit was basically an unfaithful wife who regularly strayed from her covenant commandments. She deserved to be divorced and abandoned, yet God pursued his wandering bride and woed her back to himself. Jesus himself is the great bridegroom who pursues his people at great personal cost. And so I think the reason this particular passage stuck out to me so much as, you know, we've been chatting for months now, starting this podcast, is the fact that, like, we we want to see a, another generation, the next generation be a godly generation, yeah. a generation that pursues Christ. And then I was even thinking, like, man, like, how does that, like, where does that begin? And then I was like, okay, well, well mom and dads have kids. But then I was thinking, like, Okay, but even before that, like, like, what 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 did a mom and dad's dating life look like, mm-hmm. and what did it look like for them to pursue God as a teenager, a middle school, and a high school student, and then get married, and then to have kids? And so the decisions that we make, the way that you know we pursue Christ, or the lack thereof, um, gives us opportunity for us to develop to be godly men and women who will then in turn continue to seek Christ and then have children mm-hmm. who we will then raise to do the exact same thing. And when there's not godly men and women to give example for the next generation, then then there's a gap. There's a yeah. there's an issue, there's a lapse that takes place. And then it's like, man, then and so then we just see generations that aren't, you know, pursuing the Lord and following Christ. And so um, we obviously both are extremely passionate about the next generation. So, yeah. um, and primarily, I mean, f- for us is middle school and high school students and yeah. I mean, we both Gen have Z right now, Gen Z. Yes. All things Gen Z. <laughs> um, it's not the millennials as so many people still we are actually think both millennials. we are, we, we are millennials with, uh, kids, uh, yeah. which is, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. We kind of beat the norm actually. Oh yeah. But I mean, there are like most millennials right now are getting to the age of like having kids, having their own families. Yeah. Which is super strange. Yeah. It's cause we're getting older, <laughs> which is, which is okay. So let's just, you know, talk here for a little bit. Um, I mean, just like, man, like why, you know, why are you passionate about the next generation? Yeah. I think for me, it just stems from 
when I was in middle school and high school is where I truly figured out how to be a follower of Christ. Um, that's where I've, I did the most, um, I don't know, but I, I learned so much at that stage and it was such an impactful time in my life. Um, and so immediately after graduating high school, I was like, well, I want to go and be a leader. I want to do stuff with middle schoolers. And um, I've kind of just kept doing that, but I just see like, it's one of the coolest things to walk a student through that process and figuring out, you know, when they're in elementary school, they kind of just take everything as they're told. And when they're going into middle school and high school, they are um, learning how to think for themselves. And especially in high school, they're becoming a lot more independent. And so that's when they are going to decide whether or not they believe the things that they were taught growing up. And it's such an important time in everyone's life, I think. So um, that's why I love to be a part of this. That's why I'm so passionate about the next generation, because I think it's at this point in time that um, it's crucial for them, for their walk with Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, um, I pretty much always answer this the same way. Um, Adults have had so many years to learn how to hide sin and we're really, really good at it. But students have not had that experience. <laughs> they're figuring they're things out. Yeah, they're pretty bad at it. Uh, most are, which, you know, praise God for that. So, and the thing I love about students is, you know, every every hurdle that they face, every difficulty, or even every joyous thing, like it, it's all new to them. Like mm-hmm. they're feeling things they've never felt before yeah. about themselves, about other people. I mean, an easy one to pick on is just dating, you know, and when... You know, when a high school student breaks up with somebody else and they're like, the world. Feel it so deeply. Yeah, the world has ended. Yeah. Like, it might as well be everything is over because that's how it feels. Like, because they haven't, you know, experienced that before. Yeah. And so I've just observed that if you've, if you've been around a student long enough and you've earned the right to speak into their life, when that happens, mm-hmm. they are going to call you. Or they're going to text you at 3 a.m. and be like, bro, I need your advice. We need to have coffee. I need you to talk me off the ledge. I'm going crazy here. Or as as adults, they don't do that. Adults do the exact opposite. They hide. They hide. And then they hide everything. Mm -hmm. And they may hide that stuff for like years. And then eventually, you know, they let somebody else know. And and and. Often it's not too late, but it, it feels that way where it's like, bro, like how long has this been going on? piled up at that point. Yeah. It's like, Hey, how long has this marriage issue been going on? Well, I've been married 25 years. It's been going on since year two. And it's like, homie, like, did you not think (laughs) that it would be a good idea to like have a conversation with somebody? So I just, for adults, it seems like they have to, you know, lose jobs. Mm -hmm. They've got to have the most disastrous thing happen to them. Their cat has to die or run away or, and their kids got to be upset at them. And then like, they think about asking for help now. And when I say that, I primarily think of like guys, like ladies, I don't know as much, but (laughs) So there's this desire where adults hide sin and students don't. And so if you're involved in a student's life and you've earned the right to speak truth into them, they're going to ask for it. And so they're much more moldable yeah. and they're much more raw. And sometimes that comes out and uh, things that they say that I'm like, oh, I would not have said it that way, but okay. Or that, uh, that's a few, that's enough cuss words for today. Let's move on here. They a don't bit. have much of a filter. No. Yeah. And, and, you know, and there's a sense where I'm like, I appreciate that. Like mm-hmm. I'm kind of grateful that they're just, this is the real them and they're trying to figure it out. They're not perfect. And so being able to be there to have a say in what's taking place is 
kind of fun. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so, Hey, uh, so let's just take a couple of minutes though. You know, I know it's our first podcast and we're figuring things out, but, um, I figured let's take a few minutes here and talk about, cause right now a majority, especially in our city, um, a majority of your students are still home, mm-hmm. uh, doing zoom, all things. And, um, there's some that have gone back to school. Some have gone back to school, but it's like they're in the same classroom the whole time. Yeah. And so students are online a lot like crazy. Uh, parents are online a lot like crazy. Um, I think there's more Netflix that has been consumed in the last six months than ever before. And so um, lots of things that are taking place. And so let's just talk a little bit here about like to give some wisdom to parents and under the umbrella of like online and even social media aspect, because there's even a lot of tension right now in our culture with, I mean, your husband's a police officer mm-hmm. and I love police officers and your husband's a stud, <laughs> but there's a cultural thing like right now, of like hating cops and the race tension. There's just a lot going on yeah. election stuff. And so let's just talk for a few minutes about just give a little bit of wisdom to parents about just things to be aware of and even just consider in terms of just because of we're online so much right now. Yeah. And I think, This generation especially, I think each generation as, you know, technology advances is consuming more and more. Um, And they're experiencing things very differently. So this generation specifically is able to, you know, they're able to look things up so quickly. They can find find any information like immediately. And that's um, a big thing. And I think millennials are, you know, a little bit like that as well. But um, technology is is so important um in the life of a gen zer gen zer gen z close enough um and it's it's just fascinating to me especially like being on social media and just seeing the different things like it's i don't know i'm i'm just fascinated by it i recently got tiktok and so i've been watching a lot of tiktok but oh yeah um you have to be really careful with that because there's a lot of weird stuff on TikTok and there's not really much of a way to filter that too. So, you know, like even for me, like I'm scrolling through and there's um, a song by Cardi B out recently called WAP, which is, um, you know, stands for something inappropriate. And I can't like, I'll be scrolling through and a bunch of TikToks just have that as like the song. And I'm not even like paying attention to those TikToks, but it still gets stuck in my head. And I'm like, what on earth? Yeah. So, you know, there is something to be saying for trying to um, shelter your students sometimes in looking on online, but knowing that like they are going to see some things, um, which is kind of really scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I think it is, you know, the, the desire to have conversations because right mm-hmm. now, you know, the election's coming up and early voting started, I think this week, actually today. And so it's a great opportunity for, you know, you parents to have conversations with your students about like, you know, just like, and some of this is just really practical things, just like having conversations about why they're voting or who they're voting for. Yeah. Um, I mean, lots of students right now are just reposting a lot of stuff as well. Um, and some of our students are posting stuff that I'm like, we got to talk about that. Uh, and I just think like, man, do they, do they know what they're reposting? Or are they just saying that because, or th- you know, that somebody else said that. And so they think that that's fine. Um, it's super easy to just jump on the bandwagon. Yes, it is. So having those intentional conversations with your student about like, you know, what is this really saying? Or where did you even get this information from? Because I think yeah. 
something that especially adults are having problems with too is like we post information just so quickly and we don't actually look to see where the source is coming from. Yeah. So I've I've literally seen people post things sometimes that's actually from a like a satirical website or something. My mom one time talked to me. She didn't post it, but she saw someone had posted something from um, Babylon B and which is a, a satirical Christian website. It's really funny. It's really funny, but she thought that it was real. And so she's like, did you hear about that? And I was like, mom, that didn't happen. (laughs) So it's so easy for us to see the headline and to be like, oh my gosh. And, you know, to repost or to send it to our friends or whatever, but we don't actually know that it is real. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm a, if you have not checked out the Babylon B, um, it's really funny. I'm, I'm a pretty black and white person. So I have to really like, it takes me a few minutes to get it, but <laughs> it's insanely funny, especially if you've been a believer for a while and you're in the church world. It, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot great. of great laughs. Yeah. And I think too, like, you know, I've been talking to lots of families from our church and they're, you know, doing all, all the things that they can to be very intentional about getting out together as family, going to parks and, you know, getting out and get some vitamin D, you know, being out in the sun a little bit. Um, and not just being online all the time. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you parents, to, you know, to do all, I mean, I think a lot of the things that we're going to continue to talk about is just what it means to be intentional. Yeah. Because our default is, you know, busy. We got things going on. It's so easy to not to be intentional about the things that really matter the most. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even in my conversation with parents, I often, you know, try to probe. I, I love asking them like, so what's the one thing you wish you would have known before you became a parent or what's the hardest thing in the world right now being a parent? Just cause I'm intrigued, um, just to, you know, uh, just to get parents perspective or it's like, Hey, how much is your food bill every month? <laughs> uh, the most I've heard is $1,900 and I'm thinking, oh, man. I don't know if I can afford $1,900 food bill. Uh, so I better save up some meat in the freezer. How many kids did they have? They had four. Okay. That makes a little more sense, but that's still a lot. But it still scared me because I'm scary. like, I well, think you want eight kids, so you know. Yeah, so think about that. that uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> I know. My, I was like, how am I gonna Maybe rethink that number? I'm gonna have to pay my house off really quick so I can afford to feed <laughs> all the kids. Um, and so, but just having conversations with parents like that, it's it's just a lot of fun just to just to see where they're at and the things they're struggling with. Um, and just the tension that is taking place, you know, within their own families. And it's just, it's just good to know, like what, what the Lord is doing and the struggles of all that. And then obviously the joyous things of that as well. So, um, so we do definitely want to encourage you families to be intentional about, you know, whatever the tension is in your family or the things that are going on. Um, and we say all the time in youth ministry, just the need for our leaders to have conversation with parents to let them know that things are taking place and going on just so that we can do all that we can to, you know, to support your parents. I had one of my, the girls in my small group, um, a few years ago, her dad reached out to me randomly and was like, just so you know, my daughter recently went through a breakup, so it's been really hard on her. So maybe reach out to her. And we just love that. We love like any extra thing because sometimes students aren't going to reach out to us, um, yet, or they might, you know, not mention something, but you, you parents are seeing everything that's going on and, you can definitely help us to help them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, just to go back to the passage here, just briefly for a moment, I want to encourage um, you parents. And when, and when I say parents, I mean, it's, you know, uh, traditional family homes, you know, mom and dad. Uh, sometimes that's a, a second spouse. Um, and we know some of you are grandparents raising your grandkids. 
Um, we know you don't have as much energy as you used to, but keep on keeping on. Um, and so single moms, single dads, you name it, there's a variety of people, uh, foster families, adoptive families, all of those things. And so, um, but your role in your teenager's life and your child's life matters and you need to fight for it. And that's, and that's the biggest thing when I read Malachi 2, 10 through 16, um, I see that the men specifically here in, in the context, they stop fighting for their families. And what do they do? They chose the grass is greener on the other side and they decided to do things their own way instead of fighting for their own families. And what did that cost them at the end? Um, a godly heritage, the next generation of, of students and kids seeking the Lord um, was affected because of their sin. And so um, just the need for us to do everything that we can to fight for our own families. Um, any last words, Amanda, you want to share before we're wrapping up our first episode here? I think that's really everything. Um, okay. Please let us know if there are any specific topics you want us to go over, you want us to um, give insight to. We are not experts by any means, but um, we've got a lot of experience in youth ministry and we know teenagers pretty well. Yes. And we'll also do some research too, so we're, we won't sound completely stupid. We'll, we'll pull up Google once in yeah. a while, read a book or two to help us out. So, well, thank you guys for joining in. Appreciate you guys like crazy and you guys have a blessed day.